Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, a top digital transformation podcast for healthcare executives. This podcast is brought to you by Demo Consulting, a pioneering digital transformation advisory firm that works with the nation's leading healthcare enterprises. Join host Patty Padmanabhan, founder CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation: How Consumerism, Technology, and Pandemic Are Accelerating the Future, in conversation with leading digital health innovators and practitioners. The theme music for this podcast was composed and performed by Patty. Hi, I'm here with Tanya Townsend, CIO of LCMC Health in Louisiana. Tanya, thank you so much for setting aside the time and welcome to the show. Sure, thanks for having me. So for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a bit about LCMC and the populations you serve? Sure. Kind of a long story, long journey, but I'll, I'll try to wrap it up or summarize it. We are originally founded by Louisiana's only freestanding children's hospital. LCMC originally stood for Louisiana Children's Medical Center. We just go by LCMC Health now. We have since grown into a healthcare delivery system serving the New Orleans market and the communities in the Gulf South. We kept the legacy of children and pediatrics in our name, which hints the LCMC health piece, but we are now nine hospital locations, Children's Hospital of New Orleans and several other community hospitals. And we are the area's only level one trauma center with Tulane Medical Center of New Orleans, and we also recently acquired Tulane University Medical Center and its associated hospitals. So we are an academic teaching organization. We train the next generation of healthcare professionals in partnership with LSU and Tulane Medical Schools, amongst others for allied health students. We're about $3 billion in revenue, 3,000 physicians, 14,000 employees, a couple thousand inpatient beds. And we've kept the legacy, again, of our founding member, which is Children's Hospital of New Orleans in place, but we've expanded our services beyond pediatrics. I am the first chief information officer for this organization. And it's formed very rapidly over the years through these mergers, and I have been in my role now for eight years. Okay. Thank you for that overview. So in, in this podcast, we talk a lot about digital health and digital transformation, and I want to f- focus on that as it relates to LCMC. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of your digital health program? What does digital health mean for you? And uh, talk to us a little bit about the digital health program at LCMC. Sure. Well, as mentioned, we are an organization that did grow through mergers and acquisitions. And so our original goal in our digital health program was to come up with a standardized methodology for systems, for strategies, where we could get synergies and really integrate across our continuum of care because we are very locally based here in the New Orleans market. So all of our hospitals geographically wise are very close. And so it is common for patients to visit any one of our facilities. So really needed to have an integrated digital footprint or electronic health record, which is where we started to make that more of a a better patient experience, as well as the opportunity to make that more efficient for our organization and make it a happier or more efficient place to be for even our caregivers and our workforce. So prior to me starting every hospital had something else. So when I named the nine hospitals now, we were running somewhere around 
dozens, if not hundreds of various applications and systems. So I like to say you name the electronic health record and platform and we had it. (laughs) So that's what I spent most of the first initial years forming was an electronic health record strategy to, again, really integrate care across our continuum, um, remove some of those redundancies, create efficiencies, and make that, again, a better experience for our workforce as well as our patients. So that was step one was set down that path of creating a centralized shared services model and that common vision. And we did end up selecting Epic as our electronic health record. So our initial phase of that was in 2017 and we did do big bang. So everything from ancillaries to inpatient to ambulatory to revenue cycle, all of it was big bang. And we rolled out to, at that time, we were five hospitals and that was all conducted over the course of about a year. So between end of 2017 through mid 2018, we were up and running on all of those facilities. Then we acquired another hospital in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. So we spent the last couple of years bringing them into the fold, onto the platforms. And we are now embarking on that same process for our latest acquisitions with um, Tulane, which is another three hospitals. And we plan to have them up and running within about a year. So all of that said, that's been keeping us very busy on just putting the foundation in place. And now we're really looking forward to moving past, you know, having the foundation and really leveraging additional digital capabilities for advancing what we can. So right now we're really focused on our journey towards systemness. So really developing those standards across service lines, across our continuum of care, because again, our patients in the geography that we serve is very close in proximity. So we want that to be a seamless and common experience. Focus on systemness. We're also really focused on patient access. We're very aware that patients do have a choice and we want to make sure that we make it as easy as possible for patients to access our system. So we've done a lot around that. And then lastly, also um, not just focus on the patient, but also continue to focus on our clinician experience. So almost just as much rigor and focus on the clinician experience and happiness and creating user-friendly tools that makes it easy to do their job and yet meet all of the regulatory requirements and compliance things that are always coming at us for documentation. So give us a couple of examples of what you've done to improve the patient experience, especially from an access standpoint. So one of our most recent experiences, which I will tie into even that systemness category that I just mentioned, we just recently did a full redesign of what we called our online scheduling tools and platforms. So we do have a patient portal there. We were allowing scheduling of it when we went live with Epic a few years ago, but on this journey towards really integrating care and making it a common seamless experience across service lines, we revised all of that and ensured that it was easy to schedule a patient through our platform for let's just say primary care. So if for some reason my normal physician that I normally see wasn't available, but I really needed to get in for an appointment. 
we now make it very easy to search our entire database of availability to get in with the next provider, even if that might not be at the same clinic that I normally would have seen. So that has been a, a huge improvement just in terms of schedule utilization and visit volume increases. So it's been a win-win, not only for the patients to have easier access, but also it's a, a growth opportunity for the healthcare system. But continuing to look at ways for how we improve access. Referrals is another area that we're going to start looking at again, just making that an easier process to get patients to where they need to be within our system. Yeah. What about the clinicians? You mentioned that uh, you're also trying to provide features and functionalities that will help make their jobs and their lives better. Yeah. Can you talk about an example of what you've provided for them? So we just recently also... And it's still in progress. I wouldn't say anything. None of these things are ever done, right? Where it's a continuous evolution, continuous improvement. So one of the projects that we also launched this past year was called Project Joy. And it was a very targeted effort to focus on nursing specifically, because I'm sure we are aware of the nursing shortages that many of us are facing. So it's a, a real challenge to not only retain the nursing staff we have, but also attract and recruit new nurses. So how do we make sure that we have an environment that they like? So Project Joy, in partnership with our chief nursing officers, was an effort to evaluate utilization of our electronic health record. So now that we have the data in a digital format, it makes it much easier to do some targeted analytics and analysis on where our nurses spending their time, And then really dig into, is that the right place to be spending their time? So at a glance, we found that some of our nurses were spending an inordinate amount of time in flow sheets and responding to what we called non-required best practice alerts. So it was almost just kind of FYI sorts of messages, but not really actionable. So we spent a lot of time in partnership with our chief nursing officers to identify how can we make these flow sheets a little bit more user-friendly and how do we reduce the amount of clicks or interruptions that the nurses face with these alerts that may not really be effective. So on our first phase of rolling out the changes to that project, we were able to calculate savings of over a thousand hours per month to give back to our nurses to do other things such as care for our patients at the bedside. Yeah, and that's another great example of how uh, you're really making it work for both the patients and the caregivers. What are your patients telling you at a high level? What are the one or two things you're hearing from them that are driving your priorities and your investments? Well, definitely we started to get a lot of very positive feedback when we did these revisions around online scheduling and ease of access. The other thing that was probably another really good example, although it's a little outdated now, but our ability to respond to the pandemic. And so obviously that was rapid change and we stood up telemedicine overnight We also did a great deal on what we called mobile testing. So if patients weren't in a place that they had easy access, we actually had buses that were out in our community offering testing and then also did the same thing for vaccinations when those became available. We really stood up the technology pretty much almost overnight to be able to have a massive vaccination location that made it really easy for patients to get in and out 
I even looked at some ride share type of programs for, again, ensuring that transportation wasn't necessarily an obstacle or barrier in terms of where to get access. So those are just a few of the examples of some really great feedback in our community that patients are excited about. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Visit us at democonsulting.net and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to previous episodes at thebigunlock.com. With that, back to the conversation. Let's talk a little bit about the tech, Tanya. You've got a lot of technology choices now. You've got, obviously, your major EHR system, which is Epic. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're doing a lot in terms of building out their product and their platform with their digital capabilities. We also have a thriving ecosystem of independent software solution providers, right? And uh, this could be everyone from uh, very well-established firms, but also startups from the digital health ecosystem. As the CIO, how do you go about making your choices? And uh, talk to us a little bit about your thought process. Oh, that is such a great question. And I don't think any of us really have a, uh, the perfect answer. I think we've made a lot of strides over the last few years. I think, again, the pandemic really pushed us into this agile, innovative space of not having the ability to wait for perfection and needing to take some chances or risks, hopefully calculated risks. So again, I don't have a perfect answer, but what we try to do is really align with our overall strategic plan, but we do call it Epic First. We do have an Epic First mentality, meaning let's not reinvent the wheel. If Epic already can or is doing it, we'll probably look at that first just because it is already part of the tool that we've purchased and invested in. And there is something to be said about complete integration from the start. So we start there align with the strategic plan, and then identify where those gaps are. So while Epic does an awful lot, they don't do everything. So really targeting in again, on what are our strategies? Where are the gaps? And identify where those possible solutions can fit. And even what we call interoperability and, and integration has really come a long ways too. So we're not stuck with just HL7, for example. There's so many more capabilities now in how we can integrate with our core platform. So that's not so much a barrier as it used to be in years past, but it is something important to ensure that integration is hopefully as seamless as can be for both the user experience, as well as just continuity of care, if we are talking about patient information. Yeah. How has the macroeconomic environment impacted your uh, investment decisions this year? You've got the labor shortage, you've got inflation, interest rate. Yeah. There's a lot of forces in play in the market. Again, another great question. Too bad there's not like an easy answer for any of these. And yeah, we are constantly faced in, in the healthcare industry. We are facing issues with you know reimbursement rules changing and the inflation also continues to rise. So we really do have to make sure that we're managing our costs and being good stewards, which is difficult to do when at the same time where we just talked about innovation and new tools and investment and things like that. So it really is a delicate balance. So while we're working on 
enabling new digital technologies that will hopefully drive revenue and or improvements. That's a key to making sure that we continue to measure that. But also where can we eliminate costs or really push on opportunities there? So a big opportunity for us because of all the mergers and acquisitions we did was application rationalization. So as we brought these you know, nine now hospitals together, they had a little flavor of just about every application you can think of. So that was a huge part of opportunity is let's standardize on the application footprint, let's archive that data as necessary, and let's stop paying maintenance on those systems. So we've done a lot of that over the years. So some really good stories to tell there on making that a priority, but also looking at new cost models. So of course, cloud computing is a whole new method of managing infrastructure compared to the sort of traditional way of buying servers and trying to predict what you were going to need, you know, five years in advance. Now it's a little bit more consumption-based. So that's just a new cost model to evaluate. We already talked a little bit about innovation, but because of the, the shortage of whether it's nursing or revenue cycle, where are the opportunities to use some artificial intelligence or maybe what we can call the digital employee experience where we can get creative on how we can automate certain functions within our organization there where we are having shortages of labor. That's also not an easy answer, but let's continue to explore that. And then I already mentioned the, the project joy around how do we just keep our clinicians happy and save them some time along the way. You mentioned uh, artificial intelligence and uh, you know the use of data analytics. How far are you along in that journey in terms of uh, using your data, and uh, what have been you know some of the successes that you've had in applying advanced analytics to drive your uh, outcomes, for instance? So I would say every one of our projects, or we try, we'd like to think that every one of our projects has some sort of metrics or analytics attached to it. We make that a a priority or a requirement before we launch any initiative is how are we going to measure this? What are our goals? And let's make sure we've got a baseline and that we're prepared to measure both during the implementation and then post-implementation. It's something I'm very passionate about. I do have the business intelligence team also reports to me. So it's good that we can really partner up with our electronic health record analysts and then our business intelligence data miners to marry that conversation. So if I use Epic for an example, upon implementation, we, for every single module or service line, we did establish goals and were prepared to measure those goals during the implementation. I already mentioned, for example, the online scheduling. We just completely revised that and we made sure we're ready to measure. So we set our baseline and one month into the implementation, we were able to show the metrics of this is what it looked like last month and this is what it looked like last year and look at the improvement that we saw in just one month. That's just one example. I mentioned the, the, the Project Joy. We were able to measure how much time nurses were able to save just by fewer clicks and uh, able to put more documentation at the bedside capabilities through the flow sheet modification. So we were actually able to track that to how many minutes we were saving. So those are just a few examples. So there's a thriving ecosystem of solution providers. There's a lot of innovation that is taking place in the market right now in terms of digital health and digital health solutions. So if a founder, CEO, 
listening to this podcast wants to reach out to you, what's your advice to them before they send you their pitch? I think we covered a lot of it during this conversation, but if I could summarize maybe the the key things to take away, one is really partnering. So the CEO and the CIO or operations and IT collaboration to really understand the strategic initiatives or priorities of the organization and prepare to partner on that conversation around measuring, measuring and accountability on all parties. So whether that's a vendor solution, internal IT, nursing, making sure everyone's on the same page with what we're measuring and why and the accountability around that. I like to say that even in the data conversation, it's one thing to produce the data. We now have lots of data, but accountability and responding to the data is, I think, kind of that next step of really making it meaningful. And then the other thing I think is just having conversations like this and staying connected to what the industry is doing, what others are doing, learning from others, just staying connected in in the the healthcare community. I, I truly do believe while we can learn from other industries, healthcare is a very unique industry when it comes to technology. And it is really a pretty small world at the end of the day for the healthcare IT community, at least. So leverage, leverage those conversations in that network to continuously learn from each other. I guess one last question for you. What does your org model and governance model look like when it comes to digital health investments? How are you organized? How do you make the decisions? Is there a committee? Just a little bit about that. Yes, this is probably could be an hour long conversation by itself, but high level, um, we have a tiered approach and I call it sort of three layers of the, the triangle or the pyramid at the base of the pyramid is, you know, your foundational pieces of the structure. So that's where our subject matter experts sit. So we have a structure for lab and for radiology and for revenue cycle, et cetera. And all of those subject matter experts get together routinely to talk about what the priorities are, whether there's changes or optimization or new ideas that starts there. And then above that, we call our operational layer. So this is where our chief operating officers, our chief nursing officers, our chief medical information officers, that's where they sit. And their, their goal is to oversee trying to ensure that one group doesn't necessarily make a decision that might negatively impact a different function down the road. So they're looking at that continuum of care for the decisions that we're making. And then at the top level is the executive team. So we do have uh, what we call In It Together, which is our IT steering committee that is comprised of a handful of executives, including myself. And our goal is to really set the strategic priorities for the organization and ensure that there's alignment within that framework and also ensure that we're utilizing resources in a shared fashion across everyone's needs, which is tricky to do because, like I mentioned earlier, we have pediatrics and we have level one trauma academics. And so making sure that all needs are met within that shared model can be tricky. So that's what that group is intended to do. Every committee has a chair and a co-chair. The chair is somebody from operations. So we like to use the motto operationally led and IT supported. So the chair is somebody from nursing or radiology, et cetera. And the co-chair is somebody from the IT function. So a leader on my team 
and they are partners in establishing the teams and the cadence and the conversations. And then every facility is represented through that subject matter experts layer. So I don't know if you have additional questions after that, but that is how we're structured. Actually, that seems like a very streamlined uh, approach towards uh, the governance model. So thanks for sharing that. This has been a fantastic conversation, Tanya. I want to thank you for setting aside the time to come on the show and talk about your uh, digital health and digital transformation program. And uh, all the very best to you and your team. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at thebigunlock.com with your feedback and questions. Thank you.